0: 18 minutes it is now before 8 p.m. and I'm joined on the line uh, to, uh, I guess, to wrap up all of the big uh, stories in the world of business that were moving markets and that had uh, tongues wagging in the marketplace. And I'm joined to do this by head of trading at Merit Securities, Pinda Mangoloti. Pinda, kunjani shlegazwa?
1: Ah,
0: Yes. Pinda, let's maybe start yeah. off here with Nasbis. Much has been said about uh, their, I guess, uh, unbundling some of their uh, internet assets, in particular Tencent, and uh, some of their online advertising assets and uh, other similar assets, into Process, uh, which uh, was listed in the Euronext in Amsterdam earlier on today. And uh, it certainly, I guess, uh, had a massive impact not only on Process, which was listed today uh, and uh, to much plum, but also to Naspa's uh, back home here, uh, which uh, saw uh, some significant declines in their share price.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, that's correct. Um, so, Process um, obviously making a, uh, a debut uh, in Amsterdam uh, with the share um, rising as much as um, 70 plus euros a share uh, from a pre listing price of around about 58 euros. So basically that um, uh, proposed pre-listing value of 1.5 trillion that was um, sort of like blown out of the water uh, by the intraday levels um, and in fact it even even closed higher. But, so when it comes to, to Nespers, so remember this was an unbundling. So basically what it meant that um, Nespers now remains or rather or is now a holding company. Of, uh, of some of the major assets, which one of them is, uh, is multi-choice, which was unbundled uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, and this now being um, another unbundling uh, of uh, specifically uh, the, the the internet assets, uh, which include 10 cents um, of, uh, of NASPERS. Um, those assets we we about, um, about 25% or so um, of, uh, of the overall NASPERS business, Um, which then, um, practically or in theory, which left Nespers locally, um, down or should have been down by a, by equal amount of around about 25%. -hmm. But by close, Nespers was down a massive, um, 30% plus. Uh, so that was the impact. Um, however, if you look at where then the market in general closed at, um, you know, the, we, we closed higher, uh, which basically um, discounted what was happening at NASPIS because mm. um, with process listed, primary listing in Amsterdam and inward listing um, locally. Uh, so effectively, we still, we still much have the same assets right, or the same equation. Uh, we, um, in fact, if you look at where NASPIS closed yesterday, um, I think it was around about 3,500 rands a share, and to where it closed today, including um, the, the, the inward listed process. Uh, you're looking at something about like 3,600 mm. rands. Hence, um, if you look at the index on the day, uh, it's not down massively.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pinda, I want us to talk just, I mean, about some of these assets here. We do know that the strategy of Nasdaq is to become a 100% internet business by, uh, in the next few years or so. And and if, uh, I guess, a sizable chunk of those internet businesses, let's put aside their print business and, you know, some of their more traditional classifieds businesses. And let's put some of those aside and just look at the internet businesses. If the bulk of these assets by value and market capitalization are taken to uh, the Euronext there in Amsterdam, Uh, In the next few years or so, what is set to happen to some of the assets that are not core to that strategy, be it some of the print assets and even uh, some of the investments uh, that they have in non-digital and non-internet businesses? What's going to happen to those? Are they going to dispose of them? And if they do, um, I guess, uh, is that an opportunity or a challenge for us here in South Africa?
1: Um, That's that's actually a good question. I actually never thought about it um, because um, normally you would would, – dispose of certain assets mm. or non-core assets. Um, if one, they sort of like pull away or they drag away resources from the core of the business. However, these assets, non-internet assets, those are still doing very well, right? So um, they're basically a a, a thesis for, to to actually keeping them around. Um, the reason, um, or I, I think the principal reason as to why these um, internet Um, um, assets um, listed offshore as opposed to be kept in the country um, is that one um, Nespers first and foremost was too big uh, for the SA market Right. and then by unbundling this, then we take the we, we take the the, then the, the, the 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 internet assets uh, to get them even a bigger exposure right, in a bigger market uh, in fact um, process is not a small company by any means in, yeah, fact, yeah. in, uh, in, in, in Amsterdam it now becomes the third largest um, listed company right, in that uh, in that exchange All right, so what that does then is for your international um, investors, uh, especially those who have mandates where uh, they do not invest in emerging markets, which is what South Africa is. Right? And also specifically in emerging markets where um, you know, the rating is not investment grade, mm. um, which we know SA we only have one investment grade left, uh, so that gives them the opportunity but uh, to, um, you know, to, to now, um, buy into those assets. So Process is probably going to be an even bigger company, um, as, uh, you know, as, as, as a, as a standalone, um, internet assets, um, yeah. offshore. And also, and also in terms of, uh, in terms of the acquisitions, uh, specifically within the tech sector. Um, that Naspers is uh, is uh, is eyeing. I they definitely um, doing I mean, a
0: shopping spree. Pinda, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> barely has bought out a new company or, or done something to that effect. Um,
1: well, I, I, I guess um, I guess because I mean, like this uh, the, the, the tech sector in itself. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it, it 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 always revolves or or it it it, it continuously um, uh, sort of like uh, innovates. Mm. Right? And it is the way of the future. I mean, there's a story we're going to talk about later, uh, which actually speaks to that. Yeah. A lot of companies um, they look into uh, they look into into AI. They're looking mm. literally into the future um, of the global economy, which basically integrates anything and everything you know into technology. Yeah. Right? And with Nasdaq, you have the plan to actually.
0: Ah, struggling with that line there. Let's pause there, Pinda, for a second and also try and re-establish you on a better line. Let's uh, take this brief spot break. And, uh, of course, when we on the other side, we're going to take a look at uh, that business confidence level. I mean, I was speaking about 1985 early on and uh, maybe uh, a much more, I guess, uh, recent... A time where we saw that uh, BCI uh, uh, index, which is put together by RMB and the Bureau of Economic Research at the University of Stellenbosch, the last time it got to uh, hover at these levels was actually during the uh, Asian emerging market crisis all the way out in 1980, oh, 1998, I should say, 1998, 1999. And uh, it seems that I guess uh, you probably have as much geopolitical risk in the marketplace uh, as uh, you did uh, during that time. We're going to come back to that story and also come back uh, to uh, McDonald's here, which seems uh, to have uh, picked up, uh, talking about shopping sprees, picked up a uh, voice recognition app called Aprente, which is going to speed up uh, your experience in their drive-thrus. All of that on the other side. Eight minutes it is now before 8 p.m. I'm in conversation with the head of trading at Merit Securities, Pinda Mangoloti, as part of our business wrap. And uh, Pinda, uh, let's uh, maybe put aside that NASPA story here for a second. Uh, business Confidence Index here put together by RMB and uh, the Bureau of Economic Research at level 21. Now, uh, maybe for some of us who might not be familiar with how these indexes work, everything beneath... or 50 index points is seen as negative and everything above that is seen as positive and one would think that the 100 point uh, is the apex point and I don't know if there's uh, any point where such indices reach 100 but you get the picture that uh, every country ideally uh, or every economy ideally would want to see itself above that 50 index point and uh, Pinda. When we are twenty-one, I mean, uh, it's certainly that's uh, even much, much further than what many people call my daughter's score.
1: It, I mean, if you look at the graph um, of that um, court authored survey by RMB and BER, um, the last four, or five quarters, or even six quarters, um, this has not even been anywhere near. Um, the 50, sort of like threshold mark in terms of, uh, in terms of the, the, the index level. Um, and for the third quarter, from second quarter to third quarter, declining from 28 index points to 21. And as you said on the intro, um, then that printing to a 20 year low, it's, it's quite scary. Um, in fact, whether you look at this uh R survey or you look at the Saki um business confidence uh, it's the same thing uh, with the Saki that one even extended as further as 34 years um where the index declined from around about 9192 to about 89.1 um so it's it's not great it's it's not great especially considering that um business confidence it is a forward looking measure um and if uh if eight if out of ten respondents um, where eight are negative um about say the next six or eight months coming um definitely that would deter anyone in terms of putting any plans uh whether it be it investment or or expansion or even um or even acquisitions, because you are not confident as mm. to what's going to be happening in the next eight or twelve months. Um and given that uh, as I've said this is a forward looking um this is not what you want, especially now we're going to be getting our third um our third quarter GDP numbers, uh where we were expecting or at least hoping that we will build on the um on the second quarter numbers. Uh, which surprised everyone at Mm. 3.1%. So it's
0: it's actually quite scary. Yeah, now, Pinda, we do know, you know, this uh, BCI is often a lead indicator. It gives us a sense of what to anticipate by way of production and, uh, of course, the uh, business production decisions, because the people who are polled here are, in many cases, decision-makers in some of these uh, uh, large organizations uh, that have large production. Uh, And I'm quite interested, uh, when we look at this particular number, uh, what... uh, You know, what confidence, if any, uh, and maybe what accounts for some of this uh, reluctance on the part of uh, many of those in the world of business uh, to express any confidence uh, in uh, the prospects of our economy. I I wouldn't think that all of it is domestic. I think some of it uh, might be coming from the uncertainty around that trade war between China and the U.S. And uh, also, uh, I guess, uh, much of the uh, challenges that are often associated with emerging markets that are happening in the United Kingdom.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Um, Chap or you, or we better talk with Um, because, I mean, uh, just to zoom in on one of the, uh, on one of the, 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 reasons, um, sort of like highlighted by the, um, by the Chamber of Commerce, um, that being, um, weaker, ex- uh, weaker merchandise export volumes. Mm. Uh, so if one is talking about volumes, um, there needs to be, there needs to be, well, Basically, the, the equation is there's you and I, um, which are based here locally, and then there's the other guy who's on the other side, uh, who then we export to, uh, who, who is the buyer. So you want him or her to, um, you know, to, to 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 have a let's call let's call it more demand, uh, as opposed to what's happening right now. Mm. Uh, and normally, um, how you would how you would then gauge this for me is. If you look at our trading partners I'm just going to use the uh, euro area as an example if you look at their GDP um, for the i think it was the second quarter um only grew by a mere two tenths or uh, zero point mm. two percent um declining from zero point four and if you look at their industrial production um that one declined by a massive two point four percent and all of these then fit into what we would um, what as an exporting country um, would negatively affect us. And the other example, um, actually, I want to zoom in, is actually in terms of China. Mm. If you look at their industrial production, um, where it grew only by 4.8 percent, but if you look at where it was previously, 6.3 percent, that's a massive drop. Right, and if you look at their imports, uh, this is quite important. Um, their imports were down about five percent. Uh, remember, I said we are a country that um, that mines. We are a country that also exports our, our cultural produce. Um, if China, the likes of China, which are other partners that we trade with, if you look at the amount of goods that they would buy from mm. us, they decline that much. Uh, certainly, the reason given by SAC in terms of um, weakening merchandise um, export volume that actually gives you... An idea um, as to why this index is down this much. yeah,
0: yeah certainly tough, tough economic times uh, for us here, and uh, even tougher and uh, much sadder news, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news if you work at mcdonald 's and uh, you often answer us uh, well, it seems now that um, Yes, you might be replaced by an automated voice-based uh, ordering machine uh, because uh, McDonald's has bought Apprente and this follows uh, some of their other acquisitions, including Dynamic Field. They've also invested in mobile app company Plexia. And the whole idea here, it seems, Pinda, is to create an entirely automated and digitized uh, uh, ordering experience, which uh, I guess would effectively display some of the tasks that would have been undertaken by uh, humans in many of their stores.
1: Yeah, um, um, I, think, I think we've talked about the unintended consequences right, of tech development right, as we head into the future. And unfortunately, um, casualties right, are going to be there. Um, and in, in this case, with McDonald's, specifically with this last purchase right, of printer, the technology that they're going to be using specifically for the tribe food, um, so there is a big fight now from uh, from these um, sort of like uh, outlets or restaurants um, that have drive-thrus. Is you want to attract as much traffic as you possibly can, um, because uh, what's happening right now is, well, depending on the time of the month, I'm um, just using a local experience. Now not the US one. Uh, you will find yourself probably queuing about four to five minutes. Uh, before you even get to where you place the order, with Okuma, oh, please note I'm not saying he works at McDonald's. It's an example. So with technology, he's <laughs> on So with, stop it. So with this with this technology, basically what McDonald's is saying is that then it's then going to replace the the person who who who. And visit it to the kitchen staff to mm. um, to prepare. Um, that's supposedly going to improve the accuracy. Um, if you remember, um, I think a couple of months ago, if I'm not mistaken, it's either it's either Google or it's Siri. Um, I'm starting to be corrected yet, Where it was. Then we developed for the Nigerian market to understand, to better understand um, the, 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 let's call it the accent uh, from, uh, from our, from um, our African brothers. Um, so you, it, it looks like it's going to eliminate those errors. We accept when I get it, when I get my order it doesn't have chips, um, and, uh, and 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 uh, the with the other previous two. Um, um, acquisitions that they made early in the year, um, one being that uh, behavioral analyst or data analytics, um, which is uh, dynamic um, mm. yield, if I'm not mistaken. So basically that one is, um, it, it basically, it, it, it stores your purchasing pattern and then when you come back into the store, then it knows here comes Ayabonga with his salad. Uh, so and then they would then sort of like design a targeted marketing around Ayabonga and, uh, and 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 his chums. I'm not saying you eat salad chums. I think a But we we're not into that. Uh, and also um and also it, this particular example for me uh, from McDonald's um it it quickly. So let like refresh your mind back to a Japanese restaurant, uh, which basically has replaced um, the waiters with robots. Mm. When, as you come in, uh, they scan your uh, you, you.
0: Ah, Pinda. That line, cool. that line, Pinda, that line, that line, my brother. We'll have to leave it there, unfortunately. Fundini. But uh, that there was a Pinda Mangoloti, head of trading at Merit Securities, uh, I guess explaining to us, uh, you know, how um, advanced some of the plans are of uh, McDonald's there uh, from a global perspective to uh, effectively automate the entire service experience. And uh, if indeed you are somebody who works uh, there, uh, it's uh, quite clear that some of those advances are on their way. I've already seen in some of the stores uh, automated checkpoints there. At least of all, uh, one of the stores not far from where we are now. And that, I guess, is an ominous sign of things to come for many of those uh, who have had an opportunity to work in the services sector and in particular in the retail sector. That's our business wrap for this Wednesday. And a big thank you there to Pinda Mangoloti, Head of Trading at Merit Securities.